I'm Gideon from the Burning Veil podcast, and you are listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Keep it up, guys. You're doing a great job. About 70% of the Earth is covered in water, but according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, or NOAA, we've only been able to research about 5% of that. The ocean is such a vast area, full of unknown creatures at depths we couldn't even begin to imagine. For example, the deepest known trench, the Marianas Trench, has a depth of 10,984 meters, or 36,037 feet and is the home to many different organisms, and is even a place where deep-sea gigantism occurs. But what kind of creatures lay waiting in the undiscovered, potentially deeper trenches? What about the possibility of a human-like creature swimming around in the oceans? Stories have been told of beautiful women found on rocky shores with singing voices so mesmerizing, people can't turn away. Some have bad intentions, while others not so much. These legends and stories have captured the attention of people all over the world for centuries. What kind of marine wildlife is out there that we haven't discovered yet? Who's to say there isn't a creature similar to humans living in the ocean? What if humans evolved from said creature? Today we dive deep into the world of mermaids, breaking down the origins and discussing how their presence has captured the world. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Not bad, new kid. Thanks. I was more nervous about that intro than I am the rest of the presentation, but I'm still pretty nervous about this. Good. Must Good. admit. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I am your host, Jeremy. Actually, you know what? Never mind. Screw that. I am not your host today, but I'm introducing everybody today for the host because she's a little nervous. But that's okay. This is her first presentation, and I didn't want to just throw her off the deep end. No, we're going to go to the middle of the pool today, and then we're going to push her in, make <clears> her <throat> swim to the deep end, and then we're going to all walk out, turn the lights off, and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but before we hand it over to new kid Kenzar, let's go ahead and bring in Jake and Jeff. Jake and Jeff, the J and J, and me, the other J, the J and J and J and K crew of the J's of... We're going to cut all this out. The JJ <laughs> of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, my goodness. Doing well. What's up, buddy? We got some stuff to get into uh, early on before we hand it completely over to the actual host for the night. Right? And the actual host of the night is Kid Kenzar. Kenzar, welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. How you doing? I'm full of anxiety. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So today is the day. Kid is going to give us her first presentation and on a topic that she chose, which is mermaids. Yes, sir. You can tear this shit apart. I thought we were doing when the whales attack. What happened, Kenzar? <laughs> uh, that, that's a, that was a side project oh, off okay. the mermaids. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into Kenzar's presentation. I have a few emails to go through that were sent into the Infinite Rabbit Hole uh, via our contact us button at infiniterabbithole.com. Um, both of them are from a guy named Leon. Leon! Leon, what's up, man? Hey, thank Leon! you. Leon! Leon! <laughs> In his first email, which was sent on March 31st, so I've been holding on to this for a little while, sorry. Anyways. Just discovered your podcast two days ago and listened to the Thunderbird episode. In ancient languages, there are oftentimes less words than modern languages. And even today, there are spoken languages with natives who do not have words for things we do. 
With this in mind, I would say a thunderbird could represent any large bird in a native tongue. A pterodon or ropin could be a thunderbird. Would this change everyone's ratings at the end of the show about whether they still exist today? Thanks, Leon. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember what I rated uh, the, the the Thunderbird. And we haven't even done the ratings on anything else. <laughs> totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I think we all said four. That it once existed but no longer exists now. I think you're right. I think that's what we went with, right? Yep. In that circumstance, we were in Echo Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> the Infinite Rabbit Hole Echo Chamber was was strong that night. What do you guys think? Benzar, Jeffrey? I don't know. What was the question again? I wasn't a part of that episode. I was just a oh, listener on that one. Well, you were still there. At Basically for yeah. Jeff, that the Thunderbird could have meant a number of different things to include dinosaurs. Does that change your opinion? Um, Not on dinosaurs, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, dinosaurs are fake, right? Technically I, flying reptiles. I, I understand the uh, <laughs> I understand what he's saying that there's different meanings for different words and there's entire languages there's languages that don't even line up at all with like the English language right so oh, yeah yeah I could I vibe with that right on all right so the other one which was sent yesterday uh, today is April twelfth by the way oh I had no idea oh no. This is a question for Jeff. Does he have any thoughts about the Inca stones as related to his thoughts on dinosaurs? Also, I am a Christian, and it's nice to hear a Christian brother on the podcast. Shout out to Jake. Shout out, Taken. Appreciate it, dude. Good job, Jake. Uh, The Inca stones, these are the giant megalithic stones that look like they're melted together and placed uh you know like you couldn't even fit a piece of paper into them i think that's what he's talking about in peru or someplace and no he was not pre-staged with this question so he is on the spot right so what was the question again about the inca stones i'm sorry (laughs) he's missing out on his enchiladas guys we apologize i am i'm hungry (laughs) you should you should have brought your food like me I should have. They're not ready yet. That's what we were telling them. Um, I don't think they relate to dinosaurs other than what I, I think I said in that episode that I think that humans in our form have been around for much, much longer than we're told, right? And things like the megalithic structures that he's talking about could have very well been built by some form of giants because I don't see how... Uh, well, hold right. on, because I just... Have you done a, a search for these things yet? The Ica stones? Inca stones? I-C-A stones. Oh, I think they said Inca. So that's what he has written down here, but I just did a quick Google search, and the first thing that comes up is I-C-A ah, stones. Okay, so I'm totally like... mistaken here. Um, And there's definitely some dinos uh, etched onto these stones, for sure. Yeah, I have seen these before. I would have to do some more research to figure out exactly when they were made and by whom, but doesn't really change my mind on if dinosaurs because remember i specifically said in that episode that i don't think that everything we're told about dinosaurs is the whole truth and nothing but the truth Mm -hmm. right so were there megalithic lizards i'm sure there probably were did they exist a hundred million years ago or 65 million years ago that's where i'm caught up gotcha nope and if these <laughs> stones, if the, whoever made these stones, obviously they've seen whatever this megalithic creature is. So how could they have been around 65 million years ago? Unless the timeline of our history is completely off, which is right in line like with what people I people lived with dinosaurs. Like that. People could like have. That. Maybe. Look, man, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. But also the uh, the Inca stones. Giants put them there. So there you go. No, real quick, Leon, thank you so much for the shout out. I appreciate it. It's always cool to hear when there's other Christians that listen to our stuff and take something away from 
what I bring to the table besides just a skeptic's point of view that there's, you know, a um, similar thought process and all kinds of stuff. Keep reaching out to us, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Let this be uh, kind of a gateway for everyone else. Yes. Go ahead. Send us your questions. Send us your your bitches, your gripes, your applause. Leave your a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. Still waiting on that. Um, we'll get to it. This is what we're going to do. You know, you send us a question. We're going to go over it at the beginning of the episode. And uh, you'll get our thoughts and opinions on it. But that's all I have. That's it. We have some big news possibly in the works. But it's a little too early right now to say anything. Just know. Coming up soon. There might be some big news. And that's all I have. Kid. Wait, actually, Jeff. Jacob. <laughs> do you guys have anything before we hand it completely off to the kid? Um, I do not. Nope. I'm right. ready for her to fly or die. <laughs> Sorry, kid. It's all you now. <laughs> um, So I have this kind of set up. Kind of like Jeremy would do it, but I'm hoping we can get a good conversation going on here. So, won't won't be able to get a word in edgewise. No. <laughs> Ready? Ready. The first appearance of a mermaid in human history was around 1000 BC in Assyria. The beautiful fertility goddess Atargatis fell in love with a mortal shepherd and had a daughter. However, she had unintentionally killed the man. She felt so much shame for killing her lover that after the birth of her daughter, Atargatis cast herself into the, into the lake with the intention to drown. But instead, she took on a half-woman, half-fish-like appearance. Her beauty was so unimaginable, she could not die or fully transform into a fish. So she kept her feminine form and beauty above the waist while having a fishtail instead of legs. From there, Greek mythology expands more and goes real deep into the mermaid world. They tell stories of the Nereids, the Tritons, Sirens, as well as Thessaloniki. Nereids were the daughters of Titans, Nereus and Doris. Nereus was considered to be the old man of the sea and was believed to be able to change his shape, sometimes having the upper body of a man and the lower body of a fish. He resides far at the bottom of the ocean with his daughters. Nereids were depicted as beautiful and kind sea nymphs, often helping sailors and fishermen. Some had tails of fish, while others were shown to have legs and would be holding on to dolphins, fish, or hippocampus, which were literal seahorses. It was the horse of a head with the tail of a fish. Uh, there were 50 Nereids. A couple very well known would be Thetis, who is the mother of uh, Achilles, and Amphitrite who was the wife of Poseidon and mother of Triton. When the Titans were overthrown by Zeus, Nereus was replaced with Poseidon as the ruler of the seas. And as mentioned, Poseidon and Amphitrite were parents of Triton, who later inherited the kingdom from his father and became the well-known king Triton. Yes, that king Triton, the father of Ariel. We'll get more into the Little Mermaid and Ariel and all that after. But uh, what do you guys think of the Near Eats so far? I think that uh, mythology like that, I don't think that it just spawned up out of nothing. Like all the different crazy mythological creatures and, and gods and goddesses and all kinds of stuff. But I think that it had a lot to do with what was important at the time and the things that are surround they were surrounded by and the animals and the... The enemies and all kinds of stuff had major influence into all that creation of, you know, those sorts of things. And I think that a lot of sea-dwelling people would have had a tremendous, like, the fish impact, or the, the fish and all, like, how big the population was and how small it was and all sorts of stuff would have a major impact on those sorts of people. So it would make sense, like, the, I don't know, the foods that they ate like fish, for example, would be intertwined deep into their mythology and their, uh, mm. you know, various religions and things like that. Yeah, it, it would make sense for sure. It's the only thing that makes sense in my head. <laughs> so I was completely unaware of that, that creature you're talking about with the horse head and the fish body. A hippocampus? The hippocampus. It sounds I actually, super familiar. I had to like... That took me off guard because I, I thought it was, like, a hippo. Yeah. 
But no, it's it's a literal, it's a horse with a fish's tail. It's not it's not a seahorse, it's it's a literal horse with a fish's tail. Isn't there a like an astrological sign that's that? No idea. I think so. Because that sounds super familiar to me. There's a part of the brain called the hippocampus. Yes, that I know of. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, just, just the imagery itself. Yeah, uh, probably. The, well, every culture had different art or beings that they would have in the stars, right? So, like, what we think of as astrology and the symbols, like the, the twins or the fish or whatever, like, every culture had a different being that represented that sign. But if you get deep into, like, the occult meanings and stuff behind a lot of these things. So like, like I was saying, there's a part of the brain called the hippocampus. So was it a knowledge from back then that they had about the brain and they encode that into the sky clock to tell a story? I don't and know. The interesting part about the hippocampus is it's actually shaped like a seahorse. If you pull it out, like it's got that same kind of twisty sort of look mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. This whole episode kind of reminds me of the unicorn episode, which is strange because at the end of the unicorn episode, at the end of the research I put into it, I ended up thinking like there might have been a creature such as a unicorn at some point, especially after all the stuff that I dove into and I presented during that episode. I don't think that's the path of going down this way. Sorry, Kanzar. I just don't think that's going to happen. That's cool. That's but cool. We'll I get there, you, though. I hope you <laughs> prove me wrong. I really do. And... Just the fact that they're just throwing random animal heads on top of fish doesn't help. We'll, we'll get there. Don't you worry. I'm Final wait. thoughts are coming up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for like the dogfish and like the plot, the the birdfish and all the that that really strange stuff just come out and just like, well, I guess everything. Whales had fish. legs. That's about as strange as it got. <sighs> Sorry, just just to, <laughs> just to fact check myself, I was thinking about capricorn which is a like a ram's head or a ram with a fishtail ah okay. yes but yeah i don't know why that sounds still the imagery of it thinking about it seems super familiar to me i don't know either way if you're just gonna spit a whole bunch of little mermaid facts at me kid no okay no it, good, I, good, it gets good, cut, it gets good, good, pretty good. cool okay. in my opinion awesome i'm ready i'm excited i'm stoked i'm the I'm... bad guy here yeah, yes. Yeah, stop coming at Kenzar. She's doing <laughs> yeah. a great job. Shut up, no, Jeremy. I have my to first episode. Be nice job. to me. No. Right? A coach is yes! to build up their team. <laughs> I was Jeff on this dreams. first episode. Yeah, but Jeff's also been podcasting for a year longer than I have. He was so scared. I was not scared. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, kid. Take it away. Sirens became a part of confusion in mythology. Originally, they were bird-like creatures closer to harpies who would lure sailors to their deaths with their beautiful song. Harpies are a bird-like creature known as the spirit of sudden and sharp gusts of wind, as well as the hounds of Zeus. They were quite disgusting creatures where sirens were the opposite of that. It is believed that the sirens lost their feathers in a singing battle with the muses. After losing the singing battle, they fell pale and flung themselves into the ocean, and depending on which legend you read, they either perished or turned into mermaids. So there's definitely some confusion behind sirens, but it is believed they officially took the mermaid form in the Middle Ages. Sorry, guys. That was a mouthful. Fun fact about sirens. You guys want to hear it? Yes. No. So we're all familiar with the Starbucks logo. Mm -hmm. What are you laughing at, Jeremy? Why are you giggling over there? Done. I'll let yeah, you okay. go ahead. Whatever, we'll talk bro. talk about that later. Okay, fine. I'll let you go then. Yeah, no, shut give up, it to Jeff. Me. Nope, nope, nope. I nope. want it now. Okay, well, the star- the Starbucks logo is the twin-tailed siren, right? Yes. It's an ancient symbol. Right. It means obsession, addiction, and death. Yep. Nice. We, so we, we talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Later. Sorry. Didn't mean yep. to jump you. No, that's okay. We'll get there. You better say verbatim what he said. Be like, I don't know if you guys knew this. <laughs> Not, no, doesn't get that to the point. But uh, despite my little mishap, what do you guys think of sirens? I never knew that they were based off of a bird creature. That is something I did not I know. I didn't either. I'm hearing a lot of mythology. 
Yes. Right. So this is obviously built off built off of mythology and a lot of it, Greek mythology. Right. So sirens are Greek, but isn't mermaid supposed to be like a European like folklore kind of thing? Yes. So the word mermaid itself, mer comes from Old English. Um, I can't. I don't have it written down here. I can't remember the exact translation, but mer is from Old English and maid being a maid they mer was like um here let me pull it up let me see if i can some blurry ghost lady just showed up in jeff's video that was crazy she fed me some enchilada insides <laughs> i can help you out kenzar mer or meridian or another uh definition of mer is uh, a combining form so basically, they took two words from Old English and combined them together, and now you have mermaid. I can't remember what exactly the um, translation was there, but it's Old English. I wonder, did the Roman Empire go up to what's now England? I have no idea. Because I'm trying to think about how, like a, how two different cultures would adopt the same sort of mythology, like you were just saying. This is Greek mythology, though not Roman, but Greek, right? Roman Empire controlled a lot of Europe and the Middle East, like most of it, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder at what point uh, through the, the expansion of people that those that lore and those legends transferred over across all of Europe to get to England. I don't know anything about that. But the very little I do know about mermaids and sirens is the fact that one of them's European, which is the the mermaids. One of them is Greek, which mm -hmm. is the siren, and one is uh, an antagonist and one is a protagonist. So one is good, one is evil. Mm -hmm. The sirens are evil, mermaids are good. Other than that. I honestly always thought that they were just like one and the same. They they were just like lady tops and fish bottoms and no, it's fish tops and lady bottoms. Everyone fish knows tops that. and lady bottoms. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my apologies. So that's the basic mermaid knowledge is siren. Well, sirens and mermaids are all considered the same thing nowadays. You ask yeah. anybody, they say they're the same thing. Um, old fish tops and lady legs. Yep, old fish tops. Yep. Yeah, but that's basic mermaid. To answer your question, Jake, the Roman Empire did encompass much of the British Isles. Not okay. necessarily all of it. I don't know if anybody knows for sure, but yes. Did it, it also did. encompass Greece? Yes, it did. Okay, so then that would make sense. So, so you're saying that sirens most likely are older than old mermaids? And possibly the mermaid lore is based off of the or the siren mythology. Or they're real. Or they're real. Like what Jeff was insinuating in the dinosaurs episode, everyone's talking all the ancient cultures had their own form of like gigantic snakes and dragons. Like either mm -hmm. it's a mix up of mythology that traveled through the entire area, like all around the world because of people spreading out and taking their stories everywhere, or they're real. Like <laughs> Now, we'll get um, into that, I'm sure, but, yeah. you know, or there's some sort of reality behind it that would spawn two separate cultures to develop the same type of mythology, you know. And, and also, to answer Jeremy's question, um, sirens are from Greek mythology, so it's older than Roman. Yeah. Didn't you ask that? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, he was asking if, if basically what I was saying was that it was older, but that would, I mean, to me, that'd be somewhat obvious because, like, English folklore and stuff didn't really become established until England was its own country, right? Versus Greece, which was already very well established and still is and has been around for thousands of years. I mean, it's biblical Greece, but asking you know, the, but... The question about the Roman Empire... Right. But I mean, I was just trying to to strengthen the connection between European lore and Greek mythology. Oh, I see. Ready to carry on? 
Yep. Yes, ma'am. Okay. In the Argonautica, Jason, the ancient Greek mythological hero and leader of the Argonauts, was warned he would need Orpheus on his journey. Orpheus was a legendary musician and prophet, and when he heard the siren song, he played music more beautifully on his lyre, drowning out the siren's voices. The story further explains that a member of the crew, described as a sharp-eared hero, Brutes, had heard the song of the sirens and jumped overboard. Thankfully, he was caught and carried back to the ship by Aphrodite. There's also the poem Odyssey, which tells the story of Odysseus, a.k.a. Ulysses. Uh, he was curious to know what the sirens would sing to him, so he had all his sailors plug their ears with beeswax, and then they tied him to the mast of the ship. Despite how much he begged, the sailors would not release him until they were free of the siren's song. It is important to note that the siren in this story is the bird-like creature, because it is said that if anyone was to escape the sirens, they would die. Once Odysseus passed through, they flung themselves into the water and perished or became mermaids. So that's just a, another little fun story that I found. I remember that. I had never, like, I've, I had heard of Odysseus and all that, but I didn't actually know the story behind it. So that was fun for me to look into. <clears throat> I remember reading Homer's Odyssey in, like, mm -hmm. middle school or high school or something like that. I think it was high school, actually. But, yeah, that's a fantastic tale. Oh, yeah. Um, so then I go into Thessaloniki, uh, which I found very interesting, honestly. Um. She was the sister of Alexander the Great, who became immortal after he washed her hair with waters from the fountain of immortality. When Alexander had passed, she was so grief-stricken that she threw herself into the ocean in an attempt to kill herself. This did not work out so well, and instead she was transformed into a mermaid. For years, she roamed the Aegean Sea, asking any passing ships about her brother. If they had assured her he lived on, they were free to carry on their way. But if not, Thessaloniki turned into a monster and sent the ship to the bottom of the sea. There's a statue on, a Gre on the Greek island of Thasos that immortalizes the story, and on the statue has a poem that reads, It was not an island. It was a beast laying on the sea. It was the mermaid, the sister of Alexander the Great, who mourned and made the sea rough. Thessaloniki had three children, Philip, Antipur, and Alexander. When their father died, Thessaloniki wanted Philip and Alexander to take the throne. However, Antipur was next in line, and jealous of his mother's favoritism towards Alexander, Antipur killed her in 295 BC. So it's believed that she was actually killable despite her immortality. And she was a mermaid. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's not very nice. Be like, have no. you seen my brother? Is he alive? Be like, lady, I don't even know who that is. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun little story that I liked. I wonder yeah. if if mermaids... Okay, so there's part of me that's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably real. But then the other part of me is like, I wonder if it's just a uh, like an esoteric... Not even like a mythology, but like a... Again, going back to what we were saying earlier, like a way to describe things because that happens a lot in like esoteric or occult circles where they'll take stories or mythologies or the, you know, astrology and all that kind of stuff. And they mash it up to try to like explain a story usually about like you within yourself, like the human experience. So mm -hmm. like I'm, right now I'm on the fence. I'm like they're real on one side, but maybe it's just a story of us. and 
some way. So I'm trying to like piece that together as you're talking about this stuff. Doing this research totally changed my opinion on mermaids. So did you discover yourself? Not myself, no. <laughs> I discovered my beliefs on mermaids though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so far, I still don't believe in mermaids, but I am waiting for one particular topic to come up, and I'm curious as to what you got on it. Are you talking about the fish man of Chernobyl? Yes. <laughs> That's it. You, you also believe in dinosaurs, so... Listen, yeah. guy. Listen. You're already hopping on one leg, according to Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a dinosaur leg. It's a dino leg, yeah. Next, it'll be a fish leg. Then you'll be the mermaid symbol on Starbucks. <laughs> there you go. It'd be better coffee, though. Not better fraps. They have good fraps. Coffee is ass. <laughs> go ahead, kid. I mean, having to pay five bucks for a coffee is garbage anyways, so. Anywho, have you guys ever heard of the Ningyo? Yes. Nunyo. Mm, it sounds familiar, but no. I cannot tell you. This is probably my favorite mermaid folklore story that I came across. I like this one. Do it, kid. So, in Japan, they have the Ningyo, which literally translates to human fish. There are a few different descriptions of the Ningyo, but one of them being described as having a monkey's mouth with fish's teeth, shining golden... Shining golden scales and a quiet voice. Other descriptions claimed the creature had the body of a carp and the face of a woman with sharp teeth and golden horns. So different descriptions varying with regions, but essentially the same creature. It is said if this creature is caught, it will bring the person bad luck, misfortune, and storms. One thing for sure is it was believed that if you ate the Ningyo, you would be granted eternal youth. I found a couple different versions of the legend of the Ningyo. One story tells of a fisherman going out to forbidden waters. The fisherman was transformed into a hideous creature as a way to help him see the error in his ways. And as a warning to others, he asked Prince Shotoku to display his bones for all to see. Another story tells of the Yaobukini. I said that wrong. Wow. Yaobukini. No, I didn't. Never mind. Another story tells of the Yaobukini, or the story of the 800-year-old nun. A fisherman who caught a strange-looking fish hosted a dinner and prepared the ugly fish for his guests. However, one of his guests has seen how ugly the fish was and warned the others not to eat it. They pretended to eat the meal and drank sake all night, hiding the pieces and throwing them away when they got home. However, one man forgot to throw his portions away. His daughter ended up finding them and eating the meat that had been left out. Worried, the man monitored his daughter, but nothing seemed to have happened. However, many years went by, and over the years, she had several husbands, all of, all of whom she had outlived. After 800 years, she took her own life. There's actually a display, which is believed to be a Ningyo, at the Enjin Temple in the city of As. Askushi. Uh, we're going to come back to the topic of uh, this mermaid on display and everything. I've got some cool stuff on that. Um, but it's actually believed that this could have been the Fiji mermaid put on display by P.T. Barnum in the 1840s. Do you have more about the Fiji mermaid? I do have lots more about the Fiji mermaid. Is it next? No. Um, I actually took the Fiji mermaid and I put it with the like the hoaxes and the sightings and all that. Okay. This is the one that was That's... put on our uh, group last month. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm just listening to the description of this one, right? Wow, by the way. Can you read the description of the of the creature again? Uh, being described as having a monkey's mouth with fish's teeth, shining golden scales and a quiet voice. Who comes uh, up with that? Body of a carp, face of a woman, sharp Love teeth, it. and golden horns. Love well, again, it. I mean, the carp body, that's the koi fish. Koi yeah. fish are super popular in Japanese. They have tons of different 
various versions of the koi. They have, I mean, the koi, the dragon koi, when it gets to the top of the river, the gods give it, you know, the head of a dragon, like all kinds of stuff. In this case, it's a mermaid version or a monkey version of the koi fish and stuff. So it makes sense to me that, you know, fish is a huge commodity and resource in Japan that they would have something like this. But again, here we have another separate culture that has mythology about a half fish, half something else, right? In this circumstance, a monkey, but regardless, you know. I don't know the exact science behind this, but I once was told that our brains, the human brain can't actually create a, a new life. So whenever whenever we come up with a creature, it's a combination of different creatures that we have already seen. So mm-hmm. we, we can't just conjure up something we haven't already seen before. So that's why a zombie is a zombie. It's already a, like, it's something we very, we're very familiar with. It's a human, but it's dead, mm-hmm. which is why it's a zombie. So I feel like something very similar happened here. They've, they've conjured up an image in their head and they're describing an image of things that they've seen before and they're having it drawn out for them in that moment. This is why I believe that the dog man came first before the werewolf, that any kind of quote unquote werewolf sightings, uh, you know, cause way back in, you know, the times of all these mythologies and stuff, people would see a creature or like imagine seeing a creature such as a werewolf or a dog man, you're seeing an upright walking canine, a dog, right? Well, dogs don't walk on two legs, but people do. So that, so there must be a person that changes into that. You know what I'm saying? So the, I believe that the werewolf mythology came from a dog man type creature. Um, and that is 100% true. Now, a lot of people in uh, cryptozoology need to be careful because a lot of the cryptids out there are very humanoid. And it's also the same thing in UFOlogy and, uh, and people who study alien life forms or believe that they can, that they're studying extraterrestrials. There are a lot of different creatures out there, anywhere from the greys to the reptilians, uh, the mantises, all kinds of different alien beings out there that have the general shape and form of a human being. Mm-hmm. And that's very human of us to look at something such as an extraterrestrial. And instead of seeing something completely unique and different, we see something such as a human being with scales. And 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 that's where you have to be careful because are you actually are you talking about something that actually exists? Or are you just talking about something that your brain, like you were saying, created? Because it's a human brain, yeah. and a human brain does not like to create new things. So it bases things on the human body. I've got a couple of points. Um, first, on this, right? Uh, us not being able to, like, whatever. I don't know. There's, there's an old story that when the Europeans first came to North America, that the Native Americans that were here literally couldn't even see the ships off in the distance because they had never seen anything like it before. And they're just like, their brains couldn't comprehend it and perceive it. And it was just like, they didn't even exist. Right. So maybe that's part of it too. So, and and going back to this Japanese Ninjo, Ninjo, Ninjo. Yeah. So I'm reading this. It says, some legends tell of, an, of entire towns that were swallowed by earthquakes or tidal waves after a foolish fisherman brought home a, a ninho in one of his catches. And this goes back to my other point. Now, you guys familiar with the ocean that they found 400 miles under the crust? No. You guys ever heard of this? Okay, yes. so there's I think a, so? There's yeah, basically an ocean 400 miles under the crust of, this, of the earth, okay? And it's like way deeper. There's way more water there than there is on the surface, basically. And I won't get too deep into it, but basically there's probably caverns where the water flows up to the surface waters, the surface oceans. So if there was some 
volcanic or tectonic catastrophe that happened and Japan is right on the ring of fire, it's possible that one of these or a number of unknown, undiscovered creatures that live in the underocean came up through these caverns just prior to a massive earthquake, then flooding these cities. And then you have the people who survive it telling these stories like, oh, the fishermen brought back one of these mermaids or whatever, and then that bad luck flooded the the entire town or multiple towns. So it's like they encoded a story into this idea. I really liked this Ningyo story, actually. Um, I talk about it a little more when we get into the sightings and whatnot with uh, P.T. Barnum there, like I mentioned. But I really liked this story for... I I honestly like a lot of the Japanese and, and like, Asian culture is so cool. They've got some really, really interesting stuff. Also, and I, I love this sort of stuff. Fuck me too, Barham. Love it. So, Jeff, are you saying that there could possibly be a race of human fish in this ocean? In the under ocean, the one that's 400 miles below the crust? Yeah, could be. Do you not they think did. that gravity could be too strong on her? Gravity's fake. Um, <laughs> I love you. I fucking love you. <laughs> Hugs, uh, bro. Hugs. They find... <laughs> there's a great... There's a good example. There's a, a great ray migration that happens, I think, in the Pacific Ocean. It happens, like, super rarely. But every time it happens, they find, like, multiple new species of rays that they've never discovered before. And and they are... Once they figured out that there's this under ocean, this is where the idea where there must be caverns that come up, where these rays come up, you know, to the surface ocean. So if there's unknown species of rays down there, there's who knows what's down there. So again, maybe a volcano was going off and for whatever reason it you know, some unknown creatures swam up to the to the upper ocean. And so let's uh, let's sidestep for a second. Yeah. So you know that the deeper you go in the ocean, the more pressure, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think the pressure is created from? What do you mean? What do you think creates that pressure? You're an electromagnetic universe guy, aren't you, Jeff? Um, sometimes. Only okay. on Tuesdays. Okay. Good enough. Yeah, Only on, on Tuesdays. <laughs> I, I do know a lot about the electric universe idea and and all that stuff, and uh, I subscribe to that for a time. But hey, so seriously, where do you think where do you think the pressure comes from? I'm, I don't understand the question. What do you mean, like the gravity, dude? Right, look, it's because of all the never. Mind. Are we going to get into a gravity debate right now? No, no. we're going to do that on the gravity with, episode. I'll hit you with it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that on Jeff's gravity is fake episode. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> all of you are crazy, all right? I'll I'll jump in. All of you that. are crazy. I knew yeah. that. Even me. Let's go. Okay. Carry on, kid. Okay, so Ireland tells stories of the marrow which is a creature that can go between land and water with its magical red cap called, and I'm going to butcher this because I could not find anything to help me pronounce this, Kahulin Druith. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Close enough. (laughs) The female marrow has the upper body of a beautiful woman and the lower body of a fish covered in greenish tinted scales. And a greenish colored hair, which she is very fond of grooming. She loves combing her hair. These beings are believed to make attachments with humans, often falling in love and getting married. It is also believed that the hideous appearance of the Merrill men was the reason the woman would seek love on land. A fictional story written by Thomas Keatley claimed that the, that the men would capture the souls of the drowned sailors and lock them in cages. Their magical red cap is what allowed them to go between land and water. And if they lose this cap, they lose their ability to return to the water. Most stories tell of their human lovers taking their caps and, and hiding them, preventing them from ever leaving the, the land. The Irish also have the legend of the Liban. This story tells of the daughter, Echo Kid. She had turned into a mermaid after the spring under her house had burst, causing a flood and creating what is now known as Loch Ness. 
Lee Ban's father, drowned in the flood. However, she survived in an underwater chamber with her dog for about a year. During this year, her dog became an otter and she transformed into a half-human, half-salmon creature, officially taking on a mermaid form. She roamed freely for about 300 years before she was captured by a fisherman and brought to shore. It is said that she was baptized mergin, meaning seaborn, and the creature died immediately. Because the lock is a freshwater body. It's freshwater. (laughs) (laughs) Salt water and freshwater don't necessarily mix. Interesting. Do they even have otters over there? I mean, it's, I don't know, probably it's cold enough. You said this was Ireland? Yeah. I found out how to pronounce that. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) I looked like I was on YouTube. I was Googling it. I was duck, duck, going it. I, for the life of me, could not find something that helped me pronounce that one. But I got a lovely little list of pronunciations in front of me here, and I'm still butchering them. On Coquilin Dreyksta or something like that. I believe it is Irish language. Yeah, Irish Gaelic. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um Yeah, I can't speak that, so I probably butchered that hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to rebuttal Jeremy on the gravity thing, but I'm just gonna hold my tongue. Yeah, yeah save I, it for your gravity is I was fake. trying so hard, like I was getting ready to just hit him with it, and I'm like, you know what, dude? Do it, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Let me have it. Let me just do it. The pressure is because of buoyancy and pressure, right? They're, like the, the, the pressure isn't necessarily from gravity. Uh-huh. It's from buoyancy and differences in density between, you know, the water and the levels of water. Gravity doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with it. How does the water stay on Earth, though? We'll, we'll discuss this on the okay. gravity is fake episode. I love you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how is there pressure in space? Like if you're in the International Space Station, how is there, there pressure? There isn't pressure. There's no okay. pressure. There's so artificial I'm... pressure. It's oxygenated pressure. We use the same technology in aircraft that fly up. Pushing in, the sky. in on. Anyways, you guys okay. want to talk about okay. the <laughs> scene now? I have I have a question about the mermaids in the deep dark ocean underneath the crust. Okay. Uh, so okay. what type of mermaids then are we talking about? Are we talking about fish head mermaids? Are we talking about the face mermaids, the lady face mermaids? Because either way, right, hear me out, either way, if they're in a cavern under the crust and it's bigger than this ocean or whatever, I mean, we just see animals at the bottom of this ocean and, I mean, some of them don't even have eyes anymore. Most of them don't work, right? They just don't need them. It's so dark down there. So are they a bunch of, like, cataract ladies and men with fish tails and gills and all kinds of stuff and anglers on their heads so they can lure fish into their mouths <laughs> or probably <laughs> using some kind of like um bioluminescence or are they fish head people with legs that really would be inadequate for swimming with okay so we know in a lot of places at the bottom of the ocean that is just pitch black. But we don't know, especially talking about the under ocean 400 miles down, we don't know if it's dark down there. There could be all kinds of bioluminescence down there for all we know. So there could be light from, take your pick, I don't know what, but we don't know that it's dark. The so sponges glow. Could, the sponges could, they do in Minecraft. <laughs> they do. This is true. We, we know that the physics in Minecraft. Perfect. And gravity oh, yeah. also exists in Minecraft. But anyway. Um, <laughs> go for it, Kenzar. Anyways. Western Europe has the story of the Melusine. Melusine is actually quite well known in modern day. However, it's just not recognized by name. This is the mermaid that Jeff brought up. The Starbucks logo. Uh, Described as a mermaid with two fish-like tails, the story goes as such. Melusine is the daughter of Persine and Elenus, the king of Albany. 
However, growing up, Melusine and her two sisters never had their father around. When Melusine learned about their father's breaking a promise he made to their mother, her and her sisters locked their father away in a mountain. When her mother became aware of what they had done, she punished the three girls, condemning Melusine to take the form of a two-tailed serpent from the waist down every Saturday. When she married, she tells her new husband that she needs complete privacy on Saturdays and that he is not to enter her chambers. She was completely unaware that he had broken this promise until one day he got mad and called her a serpent in front of the courts. Becoming so angered by his betrayal, she turned into a dragon uh, and flew away, only ever returning to see her children. Other versions of the story have her swimming away in a, in a river, which is where the mermaid part comes from. Um, but we get more into her when I start talking about Starbucks later on. She was not a very nice person. All kinds of things going on with this lady. Yeah, she's she's something for <clears> sure. It's interesting that there's a tie to Saturday or Saturn's Day, and it's ah yes, Jeff, you're fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> and then what? My last mythology story comes from Canada. Uh, that's the story of said. Sedna, the goddess of both the sea and the land. Uh, so there's a few different versions of this story, depending on which tribe tells it. So I'm just, I'm just sharing a couple different versions here that I found that I thought were cool. Uh, so one version says she was attacked by her parents, and in anger, her father took her out to the sea and tried to throw her over the side of his kayak. As she clung to the side, he chopped her fingers, hands, and forearms off, and then she sank to the underworld, becoming the ruler of the monsters of the deep. It is also said that her fingers became the seals, her hand, hands became the walruses, and her forearms became the whales, hunted by the Inuit people. In another legend, she is displeased with who her father picks as a husband for her, so she marries a dog instead. This, of course, angers her fa father, and, she, and he throws her into the ocean and cuts off her fingers, hands, etc. Uh, another version tells the story of a man wearing two large canine teeth on a necklace and came to the family igloo. He was welcomed to stay the night, and in the morning, he was gone. All they found outside the igloo were animal tracks. Later, Sedna became pregnant, and her father was afraid of what kind of creature she may be carrying. So he made her ride on the back of his kayak to a small island where he abandoned her. Some stories even depict her lover changing into a bird, which flies her to the island. And it is said when she is angered, a shaman must travel to her and help her wash or comb her hair. Afterwards, she would release animals for them to hunt, and others say it was simply because she had no fingers to do it herself. Holy moly. I wanted Brutal. to end with a fun little Canada one. That's gnarly. <laughs> but yeah, it is, is kind of brutal, isn't it? Pretty <laughs> savage. <laughs> the Germans could learn a thing or two about their nasty folklore. <laughs> their <laughs> evil, terrible folklore with all the death and stuff. <laughs> Gotta chop off those fingers and wrists and forearms. <laughs> yep. Take the entire arm. Goodness, but, but yeah, that's all my mythology. What you what you guys think? I well, like mythology. I also like mythology. It just makes me think of all kinds of like other shit. Like the, every story that you're talking about, I'm trying to like look up things, and I'm looking at you know symbology and like all that kind of stuff. So now I'm gonna probably do a deep dive into this one day. Everywhere, nice. ha everywhere has their own mermaid story. Like literally everywhere. If you've got a body of water near you, whether that be freshwater, saltwater, lake, river, ocean, you've got a mermaid story, guaranteed. What's interesting is that in, in like Norse mythology, right, they had the Selkies, but it was actually seals. Yeah. So I wonder, like... That's why know, I left that one out. Right, but it makes me wonder, like, were these other cultures just seeing things like seals, or I know that the pirates and the... Uh, caribbean were seeing manatees and they thought mm -hmm. that those were mermaids mm -hmm. so i wonder if it is just like regular fucking animals and they just 
you know, again, the language thing, right? Like they just yeah. called it mermaids, but we call it a manatee. Mm. Very strange. I was going to say that, you know, I have saw something at some point on the, the History Channel about mermaids, and they pretty much chalked it up to, oh, sailors used to see manatees, and they would be, you know, drunk or so dehydrated that they would, you know, do things to the manatees and all kinds of things. And He's talking about sex. Yeah, and they would, um, and that that's where the mermaid legends came from. Manatees aren't all over the world. They're in select can, parts. Can you of the say world. the word manatees? Manatee. Yeah. There's no D in. I said manatee, manatee with a T. You you kept saying manatees. No manatees. Whatever. Now you're saying Whatever. it right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, you said muses. You said mooses. Okay, so muses. Yeah, muses. Yeah, a boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. So I'm allowed to have an accent too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not the one who originally was picking on you though, so I was. Tell that to Florida man over there. Yeah. Alligators and whatnot. <laughs> Run around drugging up alligators and throwing them in through <laughs> drive through windows. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> An alligator high on crystal meth was thrown at a cashier. (laughs) (laughs) I just gave that thing 60 cc's of crystal meth. (laughs) Bath salts is the thing down here, not meth. Oh, there's meth in Florida. Oh, there's meth everywhere. But bath salts is like... Anyway. You don't remember the zombie on bath salts that like ate the guy's faces? And threw the guy's testicles at the cops? I heard he wasn't actually on bath salts. He was on something completely different. The original story was bath salts. Yeah, that was the original story. That but... was before the to- toxicology report came out. Anyway, all these manators, there's yeah. only so <laughs> many of them around the world and in various places. It couldn't have accounted for everything. You know, sailor scene. Yeah. Mandy's and uh <laughs> <laughs> all the manders out there. Uh, <laughs> we also have to remember that the, the, the sea level has been rising, right? Since just the last ice age ended it's risen like 400 feet so where there's manatees now or seals now there could have been like their their environment could have been further out than it is now because there's a shit ton of coastline that's underwater now just in the last couple hundred years yeah but in and if you're talking about like greek mythology or something like that you're going back thousands of years so the the sea level could have been way lower but they're mammals you think they're all the way up? No, no, no. Out in... what I'm saying is like the Norse in, in Norse mythology, <coughs> I'm choking on water. The Selkies were seals. Right. So my point is just like different cultures might have just had different names for whatever sea creature it was that was swimming around, you know, in shallower waters, I suppose. I don't know. I kind of made that up as I was going, but. Well, yeah, I mean, what I was saying was stupid. I was going to be like, well, they're mammals. They, You think they're up, you know, where the Inuit are, but they're seals and whales and stuff, so Boom. never mind. I don't know. That's what that story was. It was an Inuit story. Yeah. 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 Not the manators. Nope. Mandy's. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Mandy's. <laughs> Not the Mandy's. So, I, th- I think you did good, kid. I don't. Thanks. I don't know much about mythology. It's never been uh, really my cup of tea when it when you go back to like Greek mythology or really old Dude, mythology. Goes like could go hand in hand with cryptozoology. You play it the right way. Yeah, cryptozoology is more of the modern mythology, and you're 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 not wrong. I'm just not familiar with the stories and all the characters and the creatures that were part of all those stories back then. I'm I just I, I I focus more on uh, modern mythology. Read a book, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, seriously. <clears throat> Shut up, Jeff and Jake. Dude, I'm going to get into giants here in a little bit, and maybe into Cyclops and stuff, and you're going to be like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I talk about shit that you guys never heard of before all the damn time. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Just lock it up. I'm just trying to throw you a bone and be like, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Anyway, Ken's are. <laughs> Despite our bickering, 
I like, yeah, I definitely like that there's stories about mermaids and sirens and silkies and all different types of stuff and ladies getting their fingers chopped off um, all over the place. And it, I just, it backed me into what I originally said in reference to Jeff talking about the dragons, that either um, the stories just got passed and passed and passed and passed and passed as people just migrated all over the place. Like, um, we know that the Native Americans have genetic similarities to Asians and stuff, so maybe if they already had the the stories and everything and they migrated over to the Americas and stuff, they could have brought that over. Um, you know, if the Roman Empire encompassed all of Europe going up to the British Isles and down to Greece and everything that, you know, it's, I mean, even parts of Africa, I'm pretty sure that they, you know, people traveling to and fro in there, you know, there just could have been a mixture of the same sort of mythologies that came around from these seafaring people. And then it spread into different cultures kind of running with it and having their own things. And that could be it. Um, but it also could be that it's based in some kind of truth. And I'm super looking forward to the next episode so we can really break that down and get out of the mythology part into, you know, all the different um, theories and, you know, sightings and all that kinds of stuff. I know that you're going to blow us away. I'm super excited to do the sightings and I'm going to say it hoaxes. <gasps> there is no hoaxes. <laughs> oh, you just wait. You just wait. That's what I'm I came so here for today. I'm so excited <laughs> to get into that stuff. That's what that was probably the most fun part about all this researching was the the sightings and the hoaxes and the modern day events and whatnot. Mm. Love it. That's Discovering hoaxes is definitely fun. I'll tell you that. <laughs> nah, tell me more. Oh, it's fun, bro. Wait, I can't wait till she talks about P.T. Barnum. I'm just going to rip him a new one because fuck that guy. Yep. Gonna, I gonna agree gonna with the, that statement. <laughs> I'm going to go to the beach in the middle of the night and take a big fish and slap its tail all over the beach and then drag it into the water and stuff. People are going to think there's a mermaid up there. I can't wait. <laughs> Did you guys see the... Um, link I post the YouTube video I posted in the group a couple days ago. I wasn't able to open it. It was a video of a mermaid found off the on a beach in Kenya, mm. like a week ago. It, I, I, it's fake. It's totally fake. It oh, looks I like did. a child with a wig got covered in this seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like um that like oil spill color and she's yeah, like she... she's all yeah, she's all like purpley and long hair, long synthetic hair. You can tell it's a synthetic wig and the noises it makes sounds like a pig snorting. <laughs> and and it legitimately looks like a child was stuffed into a like the legs of a child was stuffed into a fish and it was just left on a beach was that and the kenya or so i thought it was south africa i was i read kenya oh. as long as it Either wasn't way, that, that cgi like, crap that with that thing sitting on the rock no it, it was <laughs> it was way more legit but it was definitely not a real mermaid <laughs> okay well since we said something about it you're gonna have to get the link again so we can post that yes. video after this episode comes out. So everyone that is in the Infinite Rabbit Hood. Infinite, Infinite Rabbit Hood. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> the Infinite Rabbit Hood. The Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast group. Not the page, the group, the one with the black logo. Uh, we'll be able to check out that video. So if we forget, if you're listening to this episode, set us a reminder. because. We record these weeks ahead of time, and we forget. We're humans. Just let us know, and we'll, we'll put the pressure on Kid to get that up there. But yeah, Kid, good job. I'll get it done. What do you guys think? Give her a round of applause. <laughs> All right, there we good go. Good job. Thanks, guys. Good job. 
All right, Good she got her job. first part of her first episode out of the way. Is Yay. there anything else before we go ahead and close up for the night? Not for me, from you guys. Gentlemen? Nope. I would only like to say that I like mythology. So if anybody in the future wants to put some more mythology, do it, because I love it. Copy that. You guys heard that. Go ahead and uh, throw your requests at Jeff in the Infinite Rabbit Hole in the Infinite Rabbit Hood group (laughs) on Facebook and uh, let them know. Let them know if there's any mythology you want to hear about or if any of us want to cover mythology. I'm not going to cover mythology, but rumors are Jake might cover I'll cover mythology. I got some (laughs) for for one of my episodes. I got plenty of it. This is a and house also, of learned doctors, Jeremy. I'm gonna yeah. do uh, I'm gonna do a deep dive on those. What are they called? The Ica stones. Yeah, yeah. Ica stone. I'm gonna do a deep dive on the Ica stones. So I'll update you guys. Leon, you hear that? Leon, that's for you, just bud. Just for you, man. Yep, just <laughs> for you, bud. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. You guys are listening to this. Make sure you stop in to the Infinite Rabbit Hood group on Facebook. <laughs> Like Kenzar know how she did. Let her know. Give her applause. Yay, Kenzar. Ha ah, ha, yes. Good job. Tell me how bad I did, too. What I can improve on. Yeah, tell Please. her how horrible she is and, and that she owes you money now because of wasting your time. No, <laughs> just kidding. But hang tight. She has much more left for us to go. Uh, we're going to dive into a whole bunch of really cool stuff, minus the mythology of mermaids we're going to get more into the sightings and the evidence of whether they do or they do not exist next week on infinite rabbit hole we'll see you then bye bye, bye. bye.